a podcast about everything is for nobody is really a good way to think about it. Are your friends going to listen to this or are your colleagues going to or is your family going to? Because there is a slight chance that there's not a lot of overlap there. So just start there. And then from there, we recommend that you go where your potential audience is. You're listening to Podcast Insider, hosted by Mike Dell, Todd Cochran, and Mackenzie Bennett from the Blueberry Team, bringing you weekly insights, advice, and insider tips and tricks to help you start, grow, and thrive through podcasting, all with the support of your team here at Blueberry Podcasting. Welcome. Let's dive in. Hello, this is Mike Dell, VP of Customer Relations here at Blueberry. And I'm Mackenzie Bennett, Marketing Specialist here at Blueberry. Today, we're discussing some ways you can grow your podcast audience. How to grow your podcast is the age-old question. We are used to getting this on the phone, in emails and tickets, at events, in person, social media, you name it. And we have a few tips that may help you to get the word out there and to attract more listeners. Yeah, that's that's always the big question. Well, how do I grow my audience? I've you know I've doing, been doing this for three months, and I get a hundred downloads per episode and all that. You know, there are a lot of little tricks and tips. And Mackenzie, being the marketing specialist, she probably has some good stuff that I didn't even write down in the show notes. Or did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of things that you can do, and some of them non traditional. But uh, you know, growing your audience is difficult, so you have to get where your target audience is. That's the the main thing is get in front of them. Start there. Who do you actually want to be listening to this show? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have a good idea of that, then people aren't going to be sure if they should be listening. So you have to essentially define who you want to be listening and then figure out what content you're going to give them, where they already are, or, you know, how to find them. Podcasts about a certain topic tend to do better than podcasts that, uh, you know, vary back and forth between different topics, uh, you know, all in the same genre. Like this show is always going to be about podcasting, of course. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I have a show that I call a show about nothing and it doesn't get a huge audience because a uh, podcast for everybody is really a podcast for nobody. Correct. And it's just really hard to market a general, you know, like you look at real famous podcasters out there, I won't name them, but you look at famous ones out there and they do have different subjects, but they had fame before they started or they became famous. And now people just listen because they want to listen to them, not the subject. So, but unless you're in that boat, you want to stick to your niche, uh, and definitely, you know, cater to that audience because if you swerve off into other things, I and mean, it's okay to do it a little bit, but uh, keep the main topic of your shows on track. Even to give an example of the show, we're changing up this format that we've done recently. But like you said, Mike, we're still talking about podcasting. You're still learning about podcasting from this show, or at least we hope you're learning. (laughs) And the wide versus narrow, the, you know, a podcast about everything is for nobody is really a good way to think about it of, are your friends going to listen to this? Or are your colleagues going to, or is your family going to? Because there is a slight chance that there's not a lot of overlap there. So just start there. And then from there... 
we recommend that you go where your potential audience is, specifically online. Yeah, you know, like uh, joining Facebook groups and forums and, you know, other social media groups around your subject is good. Now, one thing that people make the mistake of is they have a podcast about, say, underwater basket weaving, (laughs) to use a uh, non-important topic. (laughs) But if you have that and you go into a underwater basket weaving forum on uh, Facebook or Facebook group or whatever on any of, any of the social media, and you come in there and say, hey, I got a podcast, come listen to it. You're going to get bumped out of there for spam. You're not being useful. Yeah, you're going to get bumped out. You're going to get made fun of probably. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, be useful. Participate in the group as the group is. And People will begin to know you, and then you can slip in the fact that, hey, I got this podcast. I did an episode about the subject we're talking about here. You might want to go check that out, but be helpful. Don't just go in there spamming. I got a podcast, blah, 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 blah. You know, nobody cares. Everybody's got a podcast. Yeah. Establish yourself as an expert or authority in whatever topic you're talking about, and then people will actually want to hear your podcast or say, oh, I want to learn more from this person. But if you just go out there saying, I have a podcast, yeah, exactly what you said. Everyone and anyone can have a podcast. I'm going to roll my eyes at you potentially if you're coming in here with that uh, confidence. Confidence is not the word. Cockiness <laughs> might be more appropriate. You know, there's nothing wrong with a little confidence. Don't don't get, get us wrong. But again, being really forceful about the fact that you have a podcast is probably going to tick off more people than it gains you. It's the value. You know, what value is your show bringing and what value is your engagement in these social media groups actually providing? Right. And, you know, and the same thing with just commenting on uh, social media posts or commenting on news articles. You know, a lot of the news sites have comment sections. And if they're doing something about your topic or your niche, be sure to, you know, comment and get yourself well known. A lot of those uh, things have a signature line. That's where you put your podcast, say blah, 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 host of. And you could throw that in the signature line of, you know, like say on a news article or a blog post comment, something like that. But again, don't be forceful. Say, i got a podcast about this. You should come listen to me. You know, that just makes people not interested. That that really leads us into the next one that we have, though, which is searchability. Because if you're doing something right with the searchability, people yeah. are just going to find you and you don't have to beg them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, have a website. That's, you know, one of the things we push all the time is you have to have a home base for your show. And a, a website is a way to do it on your own domain. You know, you don't necessarily have to generate the, the feed from there, but that also helps. But, uh, you know, if you just have a good web presence and, you know, as a bonus, that helps people find you if they lose track of you on a particular app. So, you know, say you're on an app and something goes sideways and you're not on that app anymore. You know, you just lost contact with them if they don't know where to go to find you again. So also retaining listeners uh, website is important. Yeah, this is this is a constant one that you have to do throughout your podcast. You can't just do this once and let it go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, you know, writing articles uh, that are not podcasts on your site. We've been doing that forever. 
Yeah. So you go to podcastinsider.com and in between episodes, there's usually a couple of posts and we either announce something or we have guest writers that come in and uh, write something about podcasting. So we keep the, the website fresh and that helps you in the SEO. And that also helps you learn your subject. You know, a lot of people start a podcast about a certain subject. They don't know diddly about it. And that's a great way to become an expert in that because your listeners will educate you. And, you know, I, I've, I've done that before with uh, certain shows that I've participated in where at the beginning, we didn't know what we were talking about. We were trying to learn it. And what's great about that is you write more articles about that. You do the research. You learn. Your audience will help you learn or they'll tell you you're you know full of crap. <laughs> and then you learn what's true, what's not true about your particular niche. So uh, that has a lot of benefits other than just boosting search traffic. Yeah, no one is saying that you have to become an SEO expert, but it does constantly change over time. So it's something that you're probably going to have to take a look at to get yourself established and then, you know, take a look at it again sometime later down the road just because searchability changes with SEO, but it also changes a little bit with um, directories of, you know, how you submit or how you're how your show is displayed within the app, like what people are searching. So those are all things that can help you grow your audience. If you're using those keywords correctly um, in your show description and your title, all things that you're kind of doing before you really launch this show, that's bound to help you as well. Yeah. What Todd always says about that is you, you write your, or you do your podcast for your audience but you write your show notes for Google and Bing and all the other search engines. So, you know, but make it human readable. I mean, you know, if you just have a bunch of keywords in there, that's not useful for anybody. Well, yeah. I mean, what Todd means by you write for Google is partially you have to write for what you think people are going to search for. There is a way that people Google and it is they ask. I mean, they're asking a question. How does this work or where can I learn more about this? And you want to be able to show up in those results. Right. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, with Bing now uh, going with AI powering their search engine, I wonder if they're going to become better at this. And, you know, with AI, they can go through and read all the stuff and probably read transcripts and all that stuff. You might have pretty good luck if you've got decent articles on your site to come up in the AI. You know, regardless how you feel about AI, I'm sure we'll cover that in a future episode. But uh, yeah, is Google doing that same thing? Not currently in their main search product, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't doubt that that will happen. Ever evolving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Google's always tweaking their algorithms and stuff. So don't try to do any black hat stuff, uh, you know, like keyword stuffing or, or, you know, there's a lot of other things you can do that work for a while. But once Google catches on, it actually hurts you. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, the, the first rule in Google is make it useful for humans and Google will follow. Yeah. And of course, write good show notes. Uh, you and Todd did a great episode about that, which we'll have linked in the show notes. But show notes or the blog post that goes along with your podcast is super important. I'm sure we get lots of uh, listeners just coming in from show notes for very specific topics. Yeah, and that's where uh, once once the chapters thing gets figured out a little bit better for Podcast 2.0, it'd be kind of nice to be able to chapterize things so that if someone's coming to listen to a particular interview, 
you know, they have that chapter to listen to. And then if they like it, they'll probably listen to the rest of the show. You never know. Well, now that you mentioned chapters, do you have any idea how transcripts can factor into this? Transcripts can help a little bit uh, on the apps that have them because a lot of them do time code. And I seen one implementation and I don't remember which app it was in, but it does similar to what our player does with closed captioning. It sort of scrolls as it's playing. Or if you want to scroll yourself, you hit that section and it pops to that in the player. But that's like only one app that I know that does that right now. But in the future, that may help in searchability. I know Apple and Google both do transcripts of your show unbeknownst to you <laughs> that they use for in, in, you know, in show search. But it's not, you know, a public transcript. Okay. Well, just uh, just keep that in the back of your minds, people. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it's an ever-changing thing, you know, and with big data, big tech and all that, there's, you know, always more and more stuff that makes it into the searchability. You know, because with 4 million, act, not active, but 4 million podcasts out there plus probably, uh, you know, and half a million maybe active, that's still a big group that you got to kind of get the edge on, you know. Now, in your niche, there may be only two podcasts or 10 podcasts or 100 podcasts, you know, depending on what niche you're in. But, uh, you know, that that's another way to be found, actually, is make sure you're in the correct categories uh, in Apple Podcasts and, and other places. And that also will help because if someone's interested in, say, aviation and you do an aviation show and there's, say, 50 aviation shows, you're going to be in that list of 50. You're not going to be in the list of 500,000 podcasts. So that's another good way to uh, to help discoverability. Yeah. Take notice of what you yourself, the podcaster, searches for. Because ideally, that's also what other people will be searching for. And you want to be able to stand out. Right. Here's here's a non-traditional one that's that actually worked for me on a couple of shows that I've done. You can uh, get on radio and TV. I know that sounds crazy. But local news uh, are always, you know, if you want to get up at five in the morning and do lo local news, <laughs> you, you can you can get on these morning radio shows or these morning TV shows as a guest, uh, you know, and an expert in your in your niche. You like with me, I do it about podcasting. So you know, every once in a while, I'll go into the local TV station and uh, spend four minutes or five minutes with the hosts and tell them about podcasting, and. Sometimes I'll uh, do radio. In fact, I, I got a gig on, on radio because of doing that. Now, now I'm the fill-in news guy for a local rock station in the morning. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, every once in a while they call me up and I got to get up at four in the morning and schlep my way into the station and read the news three times an hour. And it's, it's, it's fun. But it also get, gets it out there. So, you know, my, my little local show that, uh, or my show that I've done forever, the, the, the one about nothing, more people in, in my local area know about it because I've been on media. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of local listeners because of that. I've seen quite a number of billboards mm -hmm. uh, over the years recommending podcasts. And it's worked on me before. Uh, I've gone and listened to that show. And then it reminds me also of an advertisement down the street for me where you can rent the bicycles. You know, the ones that you just use your phone to pay for or whatever. And there's the electronic signage with it. And there is a podcast advertisement that has been there for months. 
Oh, neat. And I'm sure that based on, you know, like where I live and the topic of the show, I'm sure it has gotten listeners based on the advertisement. Yeah, we have a couple of those uh, big electronic billboards around here. And uh, every once in a while, I'll see a podcast pop up in there. A lot of times it's radio shows I see in there, but every once in a while, one one with a podcast will pop in. And another thing you, you don't think much about anymore is newspapers. You know, who, who gets the daily newspaper? I don't, I don't know any. Well, I think my folks still might. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and I might pick up the Sunday paper once in a while if there's something in it that, uh, that I want to look at. But uh, for the most part, newspapers have gone online. And they're always looking for op-ed style articles. You know, you don't get paid for them, but you can promote stuff in them. You know, kind of like Medium does online too, where you can write an article. So if you write an article about your niche topic that you're talking about in your podcast all the time, you know, you put that in the in the byline, you know, editor-in-chief of whatever podcast or blog or whatever, you know, that just gives you a little bit more circulation, you know, and even local newspapers love to take articles from people op-ed style, I guess you call it, where you're not, you're, you're not an employee or you're not even getting paid for the article. And magazines, believe it or not, there are some still out there. <laughs> I mean, it's also all of the online newspapers and magazines and just any type of online. Yeah, get a byline somewhere and uh, you just never know how far that reaches or doesn't, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be about your podcast either. It's no. just that helpful mention of saying, hey... To learn more about this, go listen to this podcast. Or it's just, you know, you're talking about something. And then in the descriptor, it says like so-and-so podcast host, professor, blah, blah, blah. And then it just goes on. But that's still some type of advertisement, some type of name recognition there. Yeah. When Todd was uh, in Hawaii, he got on the list for uh, BBC in Britain and Every once in a while, they'd call him at four in the morning Hawaii time and say, hey, can you be ready in 15 minutes to do a hit on uh, on BBC? <laughs> he would, you know, slip out of bed and talk about whatever subject they were talking about. And that was great publicity for his show, you know, over in England, at least. And, you know, nowadays, you know, a lot of people all over the world listen to radio stations and TV stations all over the world. You know, it's a whole different thing. You get on TuneIn or something and you can listen to BBC Four or CBC Canada or, you know, or Australia or whatever. So, you know, a lot of people listen to these foreign stations instead of their local stations. And, you know, wherever you can be, you might, uh, you, you know, you might get some traction that way. So, you know, traditional media isn't so bad. <laughs> no, no, it's really not. It's just going back to what we said before wherever you think your potential audience might be. And if that includes traditional media, great. (laughs) Yeah. A little backwards since we're considered new media, Mm -hmm. but so be it, you know, it's just another way to get your word out. You know, some of these, you know, you'd think radio's dead, but you know, around here, there's a lot of people listening to those morning shows on radio. I don't quite understand it because I can't really stand listening to it unless I'm there. But that's just me because I I like to pick my own music, you know. I think we've got one more that we can kind of talk about, which is just engaging with other creators. Yep. You know, working with other podcasters, engaging with them on social media so that you can make that connection publicly with other people to see, you know, 
you're friendly, you know what you're talking about, you're in the same realm, meeting each other at conferences, doing any type of, you know, event, whether you're speaking or just networking, anything like that is just going to help you feel more involved in the community. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, one, one good example of that is, of course, there's a lot of podcasts out there now about podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I could think of 15 off the top of my head. I won't mention them here, but we're one of them. And there's a show out there, uh, Ray Ortega, who in the early days of podcasting was uh, was pretty prolific, but now he just does the one show called Inside the Podcaster's Studio. And what he does is he gathers up uh, three or four other podcasters about podcasting and they talk about a particular subject. They do a live video and then they put it out as a podcast later. And, you know, I've been on that show several times. Todd's been on that show several times. And, you know, all the movers and shakers in podcasting world have been on that podcast. And and that's a great example of working with other podcasters because somebody that listens to Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting may be interested in what we're doing here, or they may be interested in your show if you're doing it about podcasting. And you, and this can be replicated in, in any niche subject. Don't be afraid. You're not really in competition with other podcasts. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that Podcasting is a little little bit unique. There's no degrees of unique, but <laughs> podcasting is unique that way where it's, we called it cooperation <laughs> because, yeah. you know, it wasn't uncommon to be on somebody else's podcast. And I, you had a good suggestion uh, the other day about, uh, you know, trading promos with other podcasters. It's super simple to do. You just create, you know, a 15 to minute long trailer or just promotion about your show and then you swap it with someone else and they play it on their show and you play theirs on your show and it's super simple but it just goes back to that the number one way that shows grow is essentially word of mouth yep and then the last little topic we had here was make sure you engage with your audience if you get an email from one of your listeners negative or positive engage with that person uh, you know, and maybe even do it on your show. You know, a lot of a lot of podcasts that are doing the value for value thing will will talk about all the little boostograms they get, you know, all the little comments they get from people that are listening that, uh, you know, and they love hearing their name on the show and that keeps them coming back. And it people gets, love to hear their name. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you know, we, we should uh, we should promote the fact that we do podcaster of the month and we'll talk all about you here. Mm-hmm. But, Anyway, but that's one of the things is, you know, engagement is is a huge thing. A lot of people that do podcasts never hear from their audience. So encourage them to reach out if they disagree or they agree or they have a comment about your subject. You know, just reach out to them. And and when they do, you know, treat it like a big deal because it kind of is. Yeah, all of this to say you can do as much engagement and work on this as you want just make sure that you're not doing too much all at once so that you can keep somewhat consistent and, you know, don't burn yourself out on it. Don't overexpose yourself to the point where you need to drop it entirely for a while to recover a bit, you know, rest, relax, whatever you want to do. It's everyone ebbs and flows of how involved they are. For sure. A lot of the shows that I, you know, get real involved with sometimes, you know, there's there's ebbs and flows depending on what's going on in life. And so, you know, if you have a a super fan that that contacts you every week 
and then they disappear for a while, don't fret. They probably just have something going on and they'll, they'll be back uh, most of the time. That's cool. You know, that's, I have a lot of shows that I interact with a lot and then sometimes I don't and nobody seems to get upset about that, but definitely treat it, you know, treat your audience as, you know, a big deal because they are. Appreciate every listener that you have. Exactly. And we certainly appreciate you guys here. We're watching the numbers and it's uh, starting to tick up now that uh, we've changed formats a little bit. I'm I'm sure we lost a few along the way, but uh, sorry about that. But anyway, I think we about covered it. Of course, there is some traditional marketing you can employ, but that gets expensive. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to spend a whole bunch of money advertising your show unless you want to. You know, billboard rental probably isn't that bad anymore especially on those electronic ones because they don't have to hire someone to go up and paint the thing. Correct. (laughs) So anyway, uh, I think that covers it. I think it does. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week. And in the meantime, head to podcastinsider.com for more information. To subscribe, share, and read our show notes, check out the latest suite of services and learn how Blueberry can help you leverage your podcast visit blueberry.com that's blueberry without the ease because we can't afford the ease <laughs>